This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa man ihtada bihudahu wa ba'd. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we thank him upon all conditions, we send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his entire household, all his companions. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless every single one of them and to bless every single one of us and to grant us goodness and ease, to ease, to create ease for us in this world as well as the next. My beloved brothers and sisters, water is extremely important. We all know made up of two hydrogen particles, one oxygen. And at the same time, if it is too much, there is a problem. If it is too little, there is a problem. It's a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala such that He is the one who chooses and decides exactly where it will fall in the form of rain. He is the one who chooses whom He will grant the gift of water. He is the one who chooses whom he will punish by keeping the water away or he will test by keeping the water away. Now, you and I know that in this region, the Southern African region, we are going through a drought. We have been suffering the lack of rainfall, meaningful rainfall. We have seen clouds. Sometimes it's as though these clouds are just teasing us. They come, they are dark. We get happy, we get excited. A shower for a few seconds and it's gone. Unlike the previous years where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us, alhamdulillah. So I was asked a question last week and I thought I'd share the answer with you. What are the reasons that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala holds back rain? Simple question. Why? I'm a Muslim. I'm sure Allah has got an answer for this. Why is it that rain is held back? There is a very simple answer to this. It is either as a punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in most cases, or it is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in some cases. Why we say in most cases? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran explains quite clearly that in the past he has used it as a punishment. For example, the people of Fir'aun, the Pharaoh, Allah says, وَلَقَدْ أَخَذْنَا آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ بِالسِّنِينَ وَنَقْصٍ مِّنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَذَّكَّرُونَ And indeed we inflicted the, the Pharaoh and his people or the people of Pharaoh with a drought, a type of a drought and various other punishments in order that they may turn back, they may be reminded, they may take heed. So it was an infliction and at the same time it was in order to soften them. The first thing when Allah inflicts anyone with anything, the first thing that should happen is the people should become softened. If they are not softened, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes even harder. Because remember, who are we to be hard with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Let's listen to what Allah says. وَأَلَّوْ اِسْتَقَامُوا عَلَى الطَّرِيقَةِ لَأَسْقَيْنَاهُمْ مَا أَنْغَدَقَا 
in Surah Al-Jinn, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly says, had they been straight on the path, and this is a lesson for every one of us, had they been straight on the path, meaning fulfilling the instructions of Allah and abstaining from the prohibitions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we would have granted them pure water from the heavens, from the skies. We would have blessed them with rains. It means because they are disobeying Allah, because they are not fulfilling the instructions of Allah, that's why we're keeping the rain away. The rain is something that we know is a gift of Allah. Allah says, I will not give a gift to those who do not want to build a link with me, who are not bothered about what I have asked them. When the Prophet ﷺ, and this is a hadith, a beautiful hadith, uh, which is made mention of in so many books of hadith, the Prophet ﷺ was once asked by the companions, Ya Rasulullah ﷺ, we are not having rain. He immediately told them, seek the forgiveness of Allah. They said, Make dua, ask Allah. So he asked Allah, Oh Allah, grant us rain. And the people were seeking forgiveness of Allah. They were seeking the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The rain came so much that Friday, that the next Friday they came back to Rasulullah sallallahu Oh messenger, make dua that this rain stops. Allahu Akbar. Make dua that the rain stops. He says, he, he, he laughed actually, subhanallah. And he says, Allahumma hawa alayna wala alayna. Oh Allah, grant us rain in the right places, in the surroundings. You see, sometimes the farms are in other places. What's the point of rain in the middle of the city, creating potholes on all the roads, whereas the farms where we need the rain more, there's no rain there, subhanallah. So the dua, Allahumma hawa alayna wala alayna. Oh Allah, let the rain come around us in the right places, in the surroundings, and not necessarily exactly on us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us blessings. Then the rain subsided or as the narration says, tafarraqati sahab, meaning as suhub. The, the clouds had actually then spread aside and the rain fell in different places. This was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was the messenger of Allah. But notice what he said was, seek the forgiveness of Allah and Allah will give you the rain. The same applies if you take a look at what was said, for example, by Hud alayhi salatu wasalam to his people. He said, when they didn't have rain, وَيَا قَوْمِ O oh my people, إِسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ ثُمَّ تُوبُوا إِلَيْهِ Two things you need to do. Seek the forgiveness of Allah and turn back to Allah. What's the difference between istighfar and tawbah? Istighfar is to say, O oh Allah, I ask you to forgive me. Tawbah means I've now returned to you, O oh Allah, I'm no longer the bad man I was. So if you say, Oh Allah, forgive me for my sin, He may forgive you for your sin. But if you go back to the sin, and you are not really interested in changing your life, then you might have made istighfar, but you did not engage in tawbah. You did one thing, you asked for forgiveness, but you kept on in your bad ways. When there is a life-changing, life-changing moment that you have gone through, then we are speaking the right language. You change your life. You completely turn. You soften your heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He hardens. He actually hardens or He inflicts for the people. And He has a stranglehold on them. Such that those with patience are the only ones who will be successful. That's in the Quran in Surah Al-Baqarah. Allah says, وَلَنَبْنُوَنَّكُمْ A beautiful verse, a long one, where Allah says, we will indeed test you. Test you with what? A little bit of hunger, a little bit of fear, lack of produce, lack of crops, loss of life, and so on. And what does Allah say at the end? وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ Good news only to one category of people. Who are they? Those who are forbearant and patient. Those who bear patience. Sabr. Sabr means I'm happy with Allah's decree. I'm softened for the sake of Allah. So when Allah 
punched me, literally, I became softened. I softened so much that I called out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I became a very humble person. When we are asking for rain, Allah will never grant rain to the proud heart. Never. Not at all. It's in the hadith of Rasulullah where he says, soften your hearts. When you ask for Allah's rain in what is known as istisqa, which, meaning, which means to go out and seek for rain, you need to be softened, you need to be humble, you need to have sought forgiveness, and you need to have forgiven. You need to be a person who's greater than the situation. You need to be a person who really is showing the humbleness and humility in need of the mercy of Allah. I can't be, hey, you know what, I'm a big businessman. And you know what, ah, if, Allah, if the rain comes, it comes. If not, my dollar is not affected. To be honest, rain, that water, H2O, as simple as it is, it changes the whole economy. Do you know that? The economy of the nation depends on water. Did you know that? Go and study. You will find that. It depends on water, H2O, as simple as it is. And this is Allah's blessing. We don't want floods, nor do we want a drought. We want something in the middle. And this is the gift of Allah. If you want it, well, show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that indeed you are a person who is deserving of it. So you seek Allah's forgiveness constantly. You must. Don't say, I didn't sin. No. Each one of us needs to look into himself and find where he has gone wrong. Something is wrong with every one of us because we are human beings. That's why you cannot, nobody can say, I am sinless, I am spotless. You know, we're not getting rain because of the brother. We're not getting rain because of the sister. How dare we think that way? We need to think we are not getting rain because of me. That's the correct way. We are not getting rain because of me. So what do I do? I must change. By doing what? Soften my heart, turn to Allah, become humble, greet the people, respect them, fulfill their rights, be a person who stands up for justice and so on. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala requires of us. And trust me, the rain will come in abundance the minute all of us collectively engage in that. The difficulty is sometimes certain people don't repent and some people repent. So for those who have repented, it becomes a test. And for those who have not repented, it becomes a punishment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. I have a beautiful hadith that I want to share with you today. Really, really powerful. And this hadith is reported in Sunan ibn Majah and the narrators are all authentic. It is a hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma. He says, Aqbala alayna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam faqal khamsun idabtulitum bihinna wa a'udhu billahi an tudrikuhunna. He says, the Prophet came to us one day and he said, there are five things that you may be tested with or if people are tested with, then the following things will happen. Five things, when people engage in them, then the result will be as follows. And he says, may Allah protect us all and may Allah protect you as well from ever seeing these. Point number one, he says, whenever immorality and adultery is committed by a people and they openly shamelessly proudly announce it which means they committed a sin and they're proud about it hey you know what last night you know what i did oh you see i went to the rave i went to this i went to that and they're openly proud of it really they are announcing it 
One is you commit a sin and you are ashamed of yourself. There is still hope for you. But you commit a sin and you say, hey, connection, me, I did it, you know, twice, thrice, you, you, you're still a, you know, you're still a little youngster, etc. This type of language is actually arrogance against Allah. Be careful. We are Muslimin. We are people who have turned to Allah. Don't make those statements. Even in jest, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. So he says, whenever immorality, adultery, fornication is rampant in a community and they are doing so proudly announcing it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inflicts them with disease, with disease and various types of pain, various types of pain that were never known before them. That type of disease and pain that was unheard of before. Imagine. So the disease and pain connected to what? Immorality. Then he says the second thing. And every time the nation becomes from among those who cheat in business. What does that mean? The term used is yanqusul mikyala wal mizan. When they shortchange people, you know, at that time it was weighing. So you say, look, I'll give you a kilo. And you know that your kilo is more than a kilo here. So it's according to, or it's less than a kilo in the sense that my weight is 900 grams, but big, it's written one kg. And I know I'm robbing everyone of 100 grams every time. That is literally. But at the same time, it applies to any form of cheating in business. You shortchange someone, you rob them, you lied to them, you con them about a commodity, no matter what you did, you consumed interest, you, you actually charged people that which they were not meant to be charged. Any form of financial mismanagement or usurping of the wealth of the other, the hadith says, illa Drought will overtake them. Drought will overtake them. And difficult days. It will be very difficult for them to earn a livelihood. Why? The owner of livelihood is Allah and you are going against the instruction of the same Allah. That's why. Allah says, I own it. Come on, just be honest. The figures don't matter. The blessings matter. That's what Allah says. With us, shaitan tells us, no, the figures matter, not the blessings. The figures matter, not the blessings. That's shaitan's message. And our message is, Subhanallah, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the blessings matter, not the figures. For as long as people are happy, don't worry, you will be blessed. So this is why the cheating in business, what does it result in? Your economy dropping in the sense that you find it hard to earn a living. Well, there's something wrong in the way you're earning your money. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. And he says, in that case, there is also one other aspect, Jawrus Sultani alayhim. Those in authority over this type of nation who cheat in business, they will be harsh on them. They will actually be oppressive on them. So those in authority become oppressive as a result of what? Cheating in business. So let's clean our act, my brothers and sisters. No use pointing at others. Just point at ourselves. Never ever think to yourself, hey, that guy he robs in business, that guy is like this, this woman is like that, that's why we are suffering. No, the true mu'min is he who feels that I am the one who's the problem, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Think about it, think about it deeply. How are you earning? What are you doing? Yourself, no one is picking on you, but the hadith is advising you. Here we are. So the third part of it, the Prophet says, Whenever they are not calculating their zakah properly or they're not giving their zakah and charities properly, then the water from the heavens will be blocked for them. They will not get the droplets from the sky won't even come down. Why? They are cheating. Their zakah, they are cheating with zakah. It's not fulfilled. Or 
they did not calculate it correctly or they were stingy in that regard. Today, when it comes to excess charities, we find it so difficult to give. And we speak here about over and above the zakah. Zakah is 2.5% in most cases. Of what? Your savings and various other types of wealth, not including so many types of your wealth. It's just a certain category of wealth. Even that, we find it difficult. Like I said last week, if you recall, people say, my wealth is actually tied. I know I owe so much, but it's tied in this building. That building will loosen the building if you want to build a building in Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us forgiveness. So then the hadith continues to say, if it wasn't for the animals, they would never have got rain. And from this we learn that sometimes Allah gives us rain, not because of us. We don't deserve it, but Allah has mercy on the animals. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Really, it's something worth crying about. Similarly, the hadith says, وَلَمْ Whenever they break the covenant of Allah and His Messenger, Allah inflicts them or punishes them through an enemy besides them. Someone else, a third party comes and attacks you. For what? Well, that's because you had no link with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You broke your covenant with Allah and His Messenger. You distanced yourself from Allah. So Allah says, okay, the difficulty you're going to face now is a third party is going to come and attack you. How are they going to attack? In whatever way. There will be fear of what? From a third party. Something that came from a distance. Reason being, go back to Allah. Go back to Rasul Go back to reality. Reality is connected closely to death. Remember this. This is why they say, when a person... They say their heart is hardened and you know, I can't cry. I don't know, I can't concentrate in worship. One quick solution, start washing deceased bodies and your problem is solved. Start volunteering to wash those who've passed away. So you start participating in their burial and washing and shrouding and so on. Why? It softens you immediately. It makes you realize this was my brother stronger than me. He had more wealth than me. Look at him. He can't even move. He's gone in. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deep understanding. So that is a very, very important point. The last point that is mentioned in the same hadith, those who seek ruling in that which is besides Allah and His Messenger. You know when you have a dispute and you want to seek judgment by that which is besides Allah and His Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the hadith says, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala makes them fight amongst each other. You know why? Because justice is from Allah. That's why. Allah says, I will give justice and peace is very closely connected to justice. If you have peace, you have justice. And if you have justice, you have peace generally. But Allah says, if you want to seek justice in that which is besides what Allah has decreed and decided amongst yourselves, then we will create a problem amongst yourselves. So you will begin to fight one another. Look at the hadith of Rasulullah Wasallam. Isn't it powerful? Shouldn't we be learning? You know, there is a hadith also, hadith of Abdul Rahman ibn Abi Bakrata radiallahu anhu, muttafaqun alayhi. The Prophet once said, Should I not inform you of the biggest sins you could ever commit? Now this is obviously something that would stop the rain if you committed it because it's the major sins. So what are they? He says, Al-Ishraqu Billahi. Firstly, to associate partners with Allah. You worship, worship Allah alone. Don't ever risk that. You worship, worship Allah alone. No stick, no stone, no saint, no animal, no nothing, no creature of Allah. You worship Allah alone. Because 
the biggest crime you could ever commit is to worship besides Allah. Secondly, he says, What does that mean? Your parents. To be unkind to your parents. We're not talking here of obedience in that which is wrong. But we're talking of that which is reasonable. You are unkind to them. You might want to say, you know what dad, I don't agree with you. But say it in a beautiful way. You need to respect and be kind. There is a difference here between respect, kindness and on the other hand, obedience. You obey them for as long as they don't instruct you to do something haram. But when it comes to kindness, even if they've asked you to do something haram, you kindly excuse yourself. You respectfully excuse yourself. You have no reason to disrespect, dishonor your parents. And the third thing he says, now the hadith, Abdurrahman ibn Abi Bakr radiallahu anhu, he says the Prophet ﷺ was lying down. When he said, should I not inform you of the biggest sins you can ever commit? And while he was lying down, he said, shirk, that's association of partnership with Allah. Secondly, the disobedience of parents as I explained it. And he, he was lying down. Now he sat up. His face went red. And he said, Behold, false witness, bearing false witness, and claiming that which is false. And he repeated it. Beware, bearing false witness, and claiming that which is false. Beware, Bearing false witness and claiming that which is false. Beware, bearing false witness and claiming that which is false. Beware, bearing false witness and claiming that which is false. Beware, bearing false witness and claiming that which is false. The Sahaba say, Hatta kulna laytahu sakat. Until we all said, We hope he can keep quiet now. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. You see, I notice how I repeated it. I'm sure a lot of you must have said, What's his problem? Well, can't he keep quiet? That's exactly what happened. He repeated it with a red face. He sat up. He said, watch out, false witness amongst you. Not only the rain will stop, but it will earn the wrath and the anger of Allah. When Allah punishes you, it will come in such a way that you won't know daylight from the night. You won't know the morning from the evening. You won't know your left from your right. Let's make sure that we understand this hadith very clearly. You want rain, you want economy. You want wealth, you want goodness. You want happiness, you want Jannah ultimately. Listen to these words, directly taken hadith, muttafaqun alayh, which means there is no doubt upon the correctness of this hadith of Abdurrahman ibn Abi Bakr radiallahu anhu. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a lesson. May Allah grant us the opportunity to engage in tawbah before it is too late. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never create dispute amongst us. May Allah help us resolve whatever disputes we may have amongst us. May Allah soften our hearts for the right reason. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never make us bear false witness for a dollar or a pound or for a little bit of pride that we may have in ourselves. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from among those who understand that we as mu'mineen are brothers. We need the rain in order to achieve the rain. We need to seek the forgiveness of Allah in the true sense. Soften your hearts, humble yourself for the sake of Allah. Otherwise, there is a punishment of Allah that He has told us will come in our direction. We cannot afford that. I cannot announce war with Allah, nor can you. Well, if you are serious about it, think of what we have said today. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala Muhammad.